Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman, an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology law, and I'm here with my sister, Jennifer White. Say hi. Hi. Jen, I know recently you were looking at kind of back end stats of where listeners are from. Tell me what you found. Um, So there's a lot of, I mean, okay, obviously most of our listeners are in the United States. I I suspect (laughs) that would be given. Um, And then there were, you know, like things that I think are obvious, just like Australia and United Kingdom, just because we have shared language, right? Are they going to be the most common? But then as I like started to go down, I'm like, we actually have listeners from the United Arab Emirates, Ooh. from Canada, South Africa. Thailand. I've been to the UAE, so there, oh, there's geez. one. There you go. It's because they were listening because you'd been there. Maybe. Um, Bahrain. It's pretty awesome. Indonesia, uh, Colombia, Jordan, wow. Ukraine, Singapore, Romania, Libya. Vietnam, wow. Malaysia, Argentina. That's pretty um, exciting. Even Iran. We have listened Is that to just Iran. us? Did we just go to those countries and then listen to ourselves? We just listened no. from there. Yeah, we totally <laughs> I did. guess not now because of the pandemic, but. <laughs> right. I mean, so it's pretty cool to know that we have like an international listenership. That is. Um, which makes it all the more fun when we talk to people who live overseas. So uh, today's interview is with a family from Spain. Welcome, Bud Lake, to the show. Bud, we're so happy for you to join us. You have an absolutely mind-blowing story of building your family. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll let you tell it. But do you want to start by saying hi and kind of giving a background of your life? Go back to the life? beginning, a little further back. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, great. Thank you for having me. Like, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm an avid listener of the podcast. Oh, um, thanks. You know, and... And really, the reason I started looking for a surrogacy podcast was because after I went through the process myself and we created, you know, our family through surrogacy, I wanted to stay connected to it. So that was, I just, I just wanted yeah. to learn even more than I already knew about it and, and just stay connected to surrogacy. So thank you. Well, um, we're happy to be a resource and happy that you're willing to lend your voice as part of that. Yeah, thank you. Well, my name is Bud Lake. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, but I moved to Spain, gosh, almost 20 years ago now. I originally wow. came to learn Spanish. I was going to stay six months, and it's been almost 20 <laughs> what years. What happened? Um, well, gosh, life happened. You know, I, I ended up doing my MBA. I ended up um, falling in love <laughs> and meeting a great person mm. that I wanted to, to, to settle down and have a family with. Yeah. And I always ask, because I'm super nosy, right? Um, when you guys met, was that conversation part of the beginning? Like, is it first date material? You know, it's, it, um, I don't, yeah, it, it was actually first official date material because, Ooh, you know, I, date. we actually, yeah, because we, what was I the mean, official we, versus the official? Well, we met in a bar, so that doesn't really count, right? right. right. <laughs> I enough. mean, we met in a bar, but, you know, it was really, like, like I knew from the first minute I saw him when I walked in that I was going to talk to him that night and, and there were sparks flying. So, um, he was in, I lived, I live in Spain. So I was living in Madrid at the time and Manuel's from Valencia. 
So he was in Madrid on work and um, we both were, you know, in our mid thirties, we didn't really want a long distance relationship. You know, Madrid and Valencia is like Boston, New York. Um, but the next, the next weekend, um, he came back to Madrid to visit me. And on our first oh, wow. official date, <laughs> you know, we sat down and he said, listen, like, I don't really want to get into a long-term relationship, but you know, if we're going to re- make a go of this, I have two conditions. I'm not moving back to Madrid because he'd already lived there and I want to have kids. <laughs> and I want to so have kids. <laughs> he said he, he put all the cards right on the table and it was, it was, it was like, fine, fine with me. Like I'm not so stuck on Madrid and I definitely, I've always wanted to have kids. So, um, uh, we, wow. we made a go of it and yeah, yeah it worked. <laughs> <laughs> With well, okay, some bumps so in the road. I was going to say, there's a little, so obviously you moved away from Madrid. So we, we, we got that. We don't have to know the details of where you guys live now, but you, the kids part, that's really what, where, <laughs> how did that work for you? Because obviously you've had, we're here because you have a story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so let, let's dive in. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's a long and interesting story. Um, Alvaro, our oldest, um, was born in India. Um, and Carmen, our youngest was born in Thailand. Um, so we had two international surrogacy situations, um, and experiences, um, that were both, um, great and also challenging in their own ways. Um, you know, and originally one is for listeners who haven't seen it, and one is famous. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll link to the news stories for, for one of them, but just to tell the listeners, I mean, one okay. got a lot of coverage. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, go, go Un- unfortunately, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, we, we, um, knew we, we wanted to have kids. Um, you know, obviously adoption, everyone always says, adoption and is a, is a, is something to look at, but you know, the waiting times were just so absolutely long. Um, and really I had never thought about how I would have kids. I knew I would have kids, um, but I always felt that I needed to be with my partner first to decide, you know, the, the, the technical part how we'd actually get it done. And, and did you have to deal uh, with discrimination also? Because I know, I mean, adoption, there's a lot of discrimination for same-sex couples. In in Spain, is that an issue as well? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it's a huge problem here in Spain. Um we never we never looked much into it because the the waiting periods are so long. And many of our friends, you know, we've made a lot of friends on on these journeys of having a family and and a lot of people have were in um, adoption waiting lists for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, um, you know, before they, they started surrogacy or they, or they, they started surrogacy in the middle um, because it was taking so long. Um, so, you know, Manuel had actually already been looking into surrogacy. Um, he was actually looking more closely at the Ukraine, um, but the Ukraine, their it's, they have international surrogacy, but at the time, um, and I think even now for gay men, it wasn't an option. Um, it, it wasn't an option declaring yourself a gay man, declaring yourself a single man. It was an option. Um, and we weren't very interested in, in hiding the fact that we were a family 
um, you know, that we were a couple and it was something that we wanted to do together. And I didn't feel comfortable doing that. Um, you know, the, the, we never, you know, the United States is also a great, a great place to do surrogacy. Everyone knows it's obviously very expensive. Um, and being from Europe and being, you know, an international couple, like we had, you know, the, the ethnicity of the child was never really important to us. Um, so we started looking at other countries and, um, Thailand and India were both, um, the ones that seemed like they would be the most viable places. And, um, when we were starting with Alvaro, um, we really thought that, um, well, actually what, what happened was, is there were a Spanish couple, um, that had done surrogacy in India and they had a great experience and they were having exposés on TV and we got in contact with them and they spoke, um, wonders about the clinic. Um, so the decision was kind of made for us, you know, because we weren't, you know, we weren't very, um, sold on, on either place. And, and Thailand, I guess, India had been participating in surg international surrogacy for a couple more years. There was a couple more years of experience there than Thailand. So, um, everything just fell into place and we, we went to, we went to India um, Hyderabad, India. Yeah. Um, and how, what was that experience like? Well, we, first we went, um, to leave our genetic material. <laughs> um, we were mm -hmm. actually considering like the original plan was to have, um, one dead egg donor and then have, um, the eggs that we retrieved be separated with Manuel's sperm and with my sperm so that we would, the, the children would be, um, you know, genetically genetically related mm -hmm. um and but that didn't we had happen, or? well we had we had two separate surrogates and the the first transfer was unsuccessful for both of us oh. and then the second transfer was successful for manuel so oh. so you were um, hoping to have two at the same time but carried by two different yeah. surrogates yeah yeah that was the that was the plan um yeah. and then so yeah, I mean, everything was, was great. Um, with the process, they sent us very frequent because it was a, it was like a, it was a clinic that handled everything for you. Like it was, it was, it was really great because, you know, you didn't have different, um, you know, different agencies, different lawyers, they organized mm -hmm. everything. Um, even the, the legal paperwork and the immigration paperwork and everything for you. So, um, you know, that was, another, another reason that made it easy to go to, to the, with this, um, clinic in India. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, they sent, they sent frequent, um, um, I think it was every two weeks in the first trimester, the ultrasounds and, you know, they kept us updated. Um, and then, um, and this is always a big difference I see from international surrogacy versus us surrogacy is did, so here, the intended parents and the surrogate have a lot of direct contact and intended parents often come to the appointments and they're there for the delivery. And my understanding is that that often is not the case at all internationally. Did you have any direct contact with your surrogate? Uh, no, no, you, you, that's correct. What you were saying about, um, that there is, there was no, um, contact a lot of the times, um, it has to do with the language barrier. 
because they don't they don't speak English. Sure. Um, yeah. And it was it was um, I'm trying to think back um, back in that time when we first went because it was a little different in Thailand, um, but in India we didn't we didn't meet anyone until after um, the birth um, because to get the paperwork done we actually had to go with the surrogate um, to Mumbai to the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, to get Alvaro registered as a Spanish person, since it was with Manuel's Manuel's sperm, um, mm-hmm. Alvaro was a Spanish citizen. Wow! And so you met her then, and that was the first time. Yep. Yep. What was that like? Um, I mean, it was great. Like it was, it was really, it was really exciting. Um, she was. It was extremely difficult to communicate. Um, oh, there's no translator. Well, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, someone that accompanied us from the the clinic that went to the the Spanish embassy to do the paperwork. Um, but and and we would we did you know say things going back and forth and and we brought her a gift and yeah. Um, there was lots of smiles and you know she held held Alvaro a lot in the plane and in the airport. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was it was really great meeting her. I mean. We understood from the beginning that it, culturally it was a different, it, it was just a different way um, yeah. of doing it, and that that there wasn't as much there wasn't as much contact. Got it. And you were able to leave India pretty quickly after the birth. Well, the we were two weeks in a in an apartment with a, a nanny that helped us out in the first two weeks after I was born. Um, and then we were in a, in a hotel for a month and a half, a month and a half or two months. It was, a, it was just over two months, I think, that we were in India because there was a lot of, um, a lot of paperwork, a lot of waiting for paperwork. Mm-hmm. And in India, there's a lot of holidays. <laughs> it seemed like there was like a holiday every <laughs> week. Holiday. Oh. Yeah, it was like, oh, but they're closed because tomorrow's this holiday. And we we're like, oh, my gosh. Like we just want to, you know, the whole family was back home waiting for us to get there and couldn't wait to to meet little Alvaro. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was, it was long. Um, you know, in India is a super interesting city, um, definitely very different culturally, um, and having a baby and being anxious to get home, um, definitely made it a, a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just wanting to get, get done with it. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty straightforward. It was more just, just waiting. And I mean, there, there actually was a hiccup in, in the middle of, of the process. And in, in the middle of Alvaro, you know, of the, uh, his, his pregnancy, uh, the, the pregnancy of, of Alvaro, um, mm-hmm. they made, um, surrogacy illegal for um, international people. They wow. they limited it only to to nationals. And um, that was mid pregnancy. And you're yeah, like, but yeah, we're in the yeah. <laughs> we're in so, this process now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they what they did though was they had they had really clear guidelines of um, how the the pregnancies that were in process. Bud, you hit the mute button on yourself. Okay, sorry about that. My computer, like, my screen went off. 
that's okay. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a hiccup and it was definitely, um, it was definitely worrying for us, but the, the, the government really quickly made guidelines um, to how pregnancies that were in process would be, would be dealt with. And they, mm-hmm. they made a list of everyone that had um, embryos um, in India and anyone that had embryos in India already were, they were allowed to continue with their processes. Oh, wow. Oh, even just having embryos, not just yeah, being so, pregnant. Yeah. So even, so there was, there was, so we, there really was no problem, um, for during the pregnancy of Alvaro. And then we actually continued, um, with my remaining embryos as well oh. to start that process. Oh. Um, since, since we were on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but and then unfortunately, the, fact that it did, the next one was not in India. I'm taking. I'm guessing that that did not work out. No, no. So we we went through my my embryos, and then um, because of the, the the legal issues, we decided that it, it, we didn't need to start again there, um, and it would be better to to switch. Would you been been able to? Because you couldn't form more embryos. Um, right. No. So I don't. I mean, the agency was not very clear about mm. that, about what you were allowed to do, having been on the list. But yeah. regardless, we decided no. This we don't want to. We don't want to continue. Risk it here. Yeah. We'll feel, but we want to go to something that's more safe and sec- secure. So what? What did you do to go a more safe so, route? Yeah, the safe route. So we decided to go, um, you know, we had already had Thailand scope at, scoped out. Um, so it was, it was pretty easy, you know, decision. Um, and, you know, there was a couple more years of experience, two more years of experience at that point. Because um, we started, I guess we started the process there just a couple, maybe a couple months after Alvaro was born, six months. Um, so we started looking at, at agencies and clinics in, in Thailand. And we, you know, we went with a, a bigger, like multinational, um, agency, um, and thought that that, you know, that was the best, the best way to go. It seemed like the best, you know, there was a lot of decent options really, you know, and, Mm. and there were no, no issues when we started in, in, having doing surrogacy in 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 Thailand mm-hmm. um, was it similar that you got at least updates you know pretty frequently or or how did that that part of the process work for you yeah so well we I mean we we picked the the agency I went um, one day and left my sperm and then um, yeah the first the first the first transfer wasn't successful. Um, and then the second transfer was successful, luckily. Um, and yeah, the, the reports were great. I mean, we were, we were getting reports, um, every two weeks, everything was done. So this setup was different because it was an agency that, um, that worked with the clinic. Um, but everything was done in the clinic. The clinic, you know, had, had the, the surrogate mothers come in and, and, do their their ultrasounds and and keep health checks on them and everything was was going great and 
Then in the, the summer um, before Carmen was born, there were two scandals with surrogacy in, mm. in Thailand. Um, and baby, after the baby gammy, I assume. Yeah. Was one baby, baby, baby gammy. And then there was another one of a, a Japanese man um, who yeah. was having, having new, numerous surrogates oh, at the yes. same time. So just for those listeners who um, don't know of them or want to be refreshed. So baby gammy was a couple from Australia came to Thailand to use, to go through surrogacy and they had twin or two, two babies, twins yep. and one had down syndrome and they left with one child and not the down syndrome, um, the child with down syndrome. And that was obviously a huge scandal. And it turns out one of the dads had the, not one, cause it was a man and a woman, but the dad had a background of pedophilia. They came to light from years ago and it was a pretty complicated case. Uh, and then the Japanese businessman there, it was found, I think it was involving Cambodia too, that he had at least 13 babies by surrogates around the same time and was clearly having a ton of children by surrogacy in, in Thailand and Cambodia. And it was um, really questioned the ethics of, of having children this way. And feel free to add to any of that. No, that's to summarize it. Uh, well, that was it. So um, <clears throat> there was, you know, it, it was definitely sh- shedding this, this horrible light on surrogacy in Thailand, which was really, you know, a shame because we, we picked it, um, and we were so excited. Like I was super excited, you know, when I went the first time, um, to leave the sperm, uh, because, you know, I knew it was going to be this like great experience and, and, yeah. you know, it was going to be very different from India because, you know, Bangkok is a super, you know, metropolitan city and, and Manuel was going to have a great time. And, <laughs> you know, they have all yeah. these great, great, beautiful hospitals and, you know, everything yeah. looks super top notch and like right on. Well, you know, there were, there were some protests while I was there. And then there was actually a, a military coup that overthrew the government and, that along with the scandals and the the international attention to the scandals just threw yeah. the threw surrogacy into an utter tailspin. Um, yeah. They and at this point, your surrogate's pregnant. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah yeah! We're we're um, we were. You're I think, in. Uh, You're committed. You're yeah, changing yeah, that, we were. <laughs> changing we countries. got the positive. I think at the end of May. Um, and mm-hmm. then the two scandals broke. And then I don't know if it was June, June or July that the the military coup happened. Um, yeah. So oh. all of a sudden, this oh. you know place that looked perfect that they, they'd been they'd been doing surrogacy for for years without any problems at all. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah. It just turned into a really tough situation. Was the agency in any way, shape, or form like communicating with you, or either being reassuring or non-reassuring? Like, did you did you have an inkling that you were going to have any major problems besides, of course, the, the the things you could see in the news? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was an utter tailspin. I mean, there was we were every day watching the news, waiting for communication from the agency. Um, the the government, well, the military government that that overthrew the government was like yeah. very 
irresponsible in this in this in this manner because um, there was just it was just said that you know it, everything was going to be outlawed anyone who's involved whatsoever surrogates agencies doctors doing any types of tests like everybody was going to be fined or imprisoned like wow. there were just just crazy stories from all over the place about what was happening in you know the you know the files were burnt to protect the the, wow. the identity wow. of the surrogates yeah it was wow. it was a really it was really terrifying um That's actually scary. you know and we again for because of the the um i actually when i had first gone you know i had met um i tried to meet the surrogate and and actually yeah. like i said my first transfer was not um successful so mm-hmm. um we hadn't had contact um, again, recommended by the the agency for you know communications purposes and to avoid miscommunications. Mm. Um, and we immediately tried to get in contact with our surrogate. You know, we said we want to be on a Skype, but we don't care what it. You know, they were going to charge us. We we don't care what it costs. Like we want her yeah. to you know know that we're here for her and anything she needs. Mm. And you know, we yeah. were even thinking. You know, we even considered. You know, we offered for her to come to Spain. Um, oh wow. Oh, wow. So, I mean, but again, communication was very slow, very um, difficult. Um, but, you know, after, after a few months, things got a little better. I mean, things got normalized in the sense that um, the, the ultrasounds started coming again. Like they were, they, they were supposedly being done, but we weren't receiving them which after getting them every, hmm. you know, every week, every other week, you know, is, is, is worrisome. Um, right. And yeah. And so things kind of balanced out again um, and got a little bit back to normal. It was still like, it was still a little insecure about how you should act when we went um, for Carmen's birth. Um, you know, yeah. we were, t- we were told that you know you should go to the hospital and pretend you're a boyfriend and but oh, in the end like just, we just ha- you should go yeah that was like their their initial yeah that was their initial recommendation that that I should go but we were you know we had a great support group um we were in two really great facebook groups one was a group of spanish people that were doing surrogacy there and we were all going to be there around the same time um, and then another group that was all people from the clinic, I mean, the agency that we were using. So we were getting lots of great feedback and insight from, you know, to, to live there and working with the agency and even people that had been to our hospital. So we actually knew that everything was kind of normalizing and it was actually okay for us to go there together um, to the hospital because because other gay couples had already been there. Um and yeah, and so January um, of 2015, we went to Thailand um, for Carmen's birth. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the the last appointment for the last ultrasound with the surrogate. We had a we um, had a translator, and oh. I, and I, was I, that your first time meeting? Yep, yep. That was that was my first time meeting her. Um, and everything, you know, was, was going smoothly. Um, that there was this, like, 
there, there was always this like fear, like behind what we were doing, just, you know, kind of the what if, I mean, we couldn't yeah. talk to her, her specifically about it, but we definitely felt it, you know, that, that things, things had been rattled, but they were okay. And, um, yeah. So, um, we went for her last ultrasound and the doctor said that, you know, she could, um, give birth, give birth the next day. Um, so they planned, oh, the, wow. it, it was a C-section. Um, and, and the next day she, Carmen was born. Oh, wow. Mm. Just like that. So yay. Yeah. So two smooth surrogacy experiences. You go home, just happy memories. And no, yeah. <laughs> anything else happened? No, I mean, I think, I think, you know, there was, there were big problems with trying to get my legal, getting Carmen's passport and legal parentage. Um, because the, um, you know, after, after, you know, everything was, was fine. Carmen was born healthy, super great. We went and visited her in the maternity ward. Um, the, the, the surrogate came down with us the day we signed her out of the maternity ward and we were all there together and, and, you know, she held Carmen, and was that the you first time? There. Yeah. So she yep. met both of you right then. Yep. Yep. And did yep. she okay. seem surprised? Was that, were there red flags at that point? No, no, not at, not at all. Um, she, she, no, I mean, she, she, she didn't seem surprised at all. Um, she had, I had actually already been up to her room with Alvaro and Alvaro was like playing with her daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, she had a, uh, a young, no, not a young daughter. She was, she wasn't a teenager, but you know, she was like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, everything seemed, seemed fine. And then, um, when we needed to meet at the embassy to sign for the passport, um, she, she didn't show up. Um, so that was your and, first sign that there was something going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. So we were really, um, yeah, we were really, um, sorry. So yeah, so she didn't yeah. show up, um, to, to sign the passport. And then, so that was, you need to have, um, the two signatures to have a passport issued. Carmen was, was an American. We did the, the DNA test mm-hmm. and she got her consular report of birth abroad. Yeah. Um, and, um, but what what had to be done in order to issue a passport without both signatures was um, to have my legal parentage recognized. Um, mm. and, and because they had outlawed, um, you know, they had, they had declared it illegal when, when they had the overthrow, but then they were actually, they actually passed a law um, that was, um, declaring international surrogacy not permitted. Um, so, so we had, but in that law, there was a clause for, um, people that were in process already, but it wasn't, it was all kind of gray. So it didn't clearly give me legal parentage. So we had to go to explanation from her of why she didn't show up. Was it because she was worried about the new law and ramifications for her or did she just not show up and there was no explanation? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's all, it was all really gray the whole time. I mean, she, she clearly had someone, um, some, someone connected to the government that was working with her um, hmm. to not allow us to recognize that Carmen was, was our daughter. Um, and we don't, you know, it's, it's so hard to know, you know, what was really going on and, you know, what, what effects that the, the, the government really had when they were, um, you know, it was, there was, there was a local, uh, not a local senator, a, a senator, a rich, powerful senator, um, that was working with a lawyer who, you know, really seemed like they were just using her. Um, wow. unfortunately, like a Thai, a senator in Thailand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a senator in, in in Thailand that was 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 very connected to the government. Mm. So, so, the news, so some of the news articles said that she found out that she had carried for a gay couple, and that's what made her change her mind and say that she wouldn't give up this child. Was yeah. that not the reality? I mean, I I can't tell you what you know, her, her reality was, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, she, she said that, but, um, she, the, the agency. Oh, you went on your, your microphone is on mute again, bud. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. You're so th- there was, there was, um, it was, I, I, the agency made it clear that we were a gay couple. Um, oh, I said, you made it clear. You showed up at the hospital. Right. So she knew, yeah. you know, as far as yeah. you know, she knew from the beginning that, you know, well, there, again, yeah. no surprise. And, that- and what I was going to say is, is that the, all of the surrogates, like they were going to appointments together. Like they were talking, you know, they were, they were, they, you know, created friendships among themselves, you know, and many of them were for gay couples. You know, many surrogates were, were carrying babies for gay couples. So it, 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 it really surprised us for that to be one of the reasons, because it's pretty um, impossible to not have thought that that was a possibility. Wow. And I know you didn't have a lot of direct conversation, but she certainly was like meeting your husband, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And 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 you know, we were all there together the day um, we took Carmen home from the hospital. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all pretty mind boggling. Um, and so from there, I mean, you said you took Carmen home from the hospital, but it wasn't that she was trying to. Was she trying to assert parental rights and take back Carmen, or were you allowed to to have Carmen with you and parent and and do all the things that, of course, that you want to do with your new baby during this time frame? Well, like like I said, she allowed. She was at the hospital with us when we we took Carmen home. Um, yeah, I mean, we we had our daughter, and and she. She, you know, said that she was worried about it after the fact. Um, she knew, 
she knew she had documents of ours. She knew like where we lived and, um, you know, we actually hired a lawyer, um, pretty quickly to, to start the process of, um, getting parental rights. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was just a very, a very long road, um, because, First, we had to wait for the law to actually come into effect so that we could so they they had published the law or they had they had they had they had i don't know what the right word is but they had they had created the law but then in thailand the law needs to be published in the official gazette for it to be recognized as law so you know, it you was, couldn't just it, go under the old law in the meantime and get out of there. <laughs> no, no, oh. no. In the meantime, in the meantime, everything was was put on hold. Wow. In um, it was you know because she did she didn't show up for the appointment to sign for the the passport. If she had shown up, then you would have had a passport, gone home, and worried about everything else later. Is that how it would have gone? Yes. Yep. No. Yeah. So that's not what happened. Instead, you're fighting this legal process. And how is that? How's that going? um, Well, the the legal process. You're waiting. You're waiting. Okay. So you're waiting. Sorry. At this time, you're waiting for Uh, the law to become effective. Yeah. We're we're waiting for the law to become effective, um, preparing, preparing for the case. And then we actually, the law becomes effective. We submitted um, our, our petition. and then it was like it was months and months and months, and we go to the first court court appointment, and it was yeah. a mediation. It wasn't even to get started. So first there was a mediation, um, then I think there was there was another mediation. Um, so I and think is we she waited. showing up to these? Um, she showed up to, yeah. I mean, we'd I had. Um, we had had a, you know, personal mediation with, a, with, um, the lawyers, um, yeah. to try to come to an agreement. Um, and then when that didn't work out, um, we had the, uh, the court appointed the, the, the mediation because it's, it's juvenile and family court, um, mediation is always the first step to try to figure things out. Um, and when these mediations aren't working, what is she she's saying? I want to raise Carmen, that, that baby yeah. is mine. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's rough. And so, what, what's the time frame? Like how long did it take for the law to become effective after the birth? Um, so Carmen was born in January. The law, I think, um, I think it was declared, you know, a month or two later. And then, and then, you didn't even really know when these things are published. You just kind of had to wait. And that was like another month or two later. And then we, wow. we, we filed our, our petition and then it was another couple of months. I think it was December when we had our first mediation. Um, Carmen was born in January. So I think oh, it was December when we had our first mediation. Yeah. And then it wasn't oh, until wow. like March when we actually got started with the, the, over Archer. a year, yeah, I, I get I get confused with the dates, but yeah, it was oh, it was over a year. Why we and were still in court. And you can't leave the country this entire time. Well, I 
Um, I was working Carmen remotely. Can't. Yeah, Carmen can't leave. Manuel and I can leave, but Carmen um, can't. Um, so I was. It was all of us were there together for the first four months. Manuel, Alvaro, Carmen, and I, and then um, Manuel and I, um, we we took Alvaro home and then started alternating. Um, because you know, wow. we wanted Alvaro to start school and be with a family and kind of how old was Alvaro at this point? He was one and a half when Carmen was yeah. born. Wow. So he's just, just starting to walk and running all over the place and wreaking havoc. Um, and for, for which I'm both. sure was super fun in a hotel room. <laughs> right. also. Oh, totally. <laughs> how I, um, and was work pretty were they understanding? You were able to work remotely during this oh, time? Oh yeah. My work was totally understanding. Um that's they great. knew. They knew it. They had. They had. Per, they had permitted me to work remotely when the two months in in India, and mm-hmm. then again in Thailand. That Thailand was only supposed to be a month. Yeah, um, and when you're and like, I, oh, it might be a little longer. <laughs> a yeah, year passes. <laughs> yeah, they were really supportive, um, but I continued working because we needed to pay for our, you know, all this living, you know, yeah. our our home back in Spain, and then also living in in Thailand. Um. And yeah, so um, we were four months there all together. And then Manuel and I alternated a month here, a month there. And then in September, um, work asked me to, to come back to the office. Um, oh, wow. So I stayed in um, Spain with Alvaro from then on. Oh. And then I would just go. We went to visit at Christmas. And if, I had, oh. if, if we had a meeting we had to go to, I would fly to Thailand for a meeting and then fly back. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super rough. So, when did the case start making progress, or did did it look like it was making progress? It- well, I I mean, we had it was just it was a normal case. Like we had our our witnesses and testimony, and they had our their witnesses and testimony, and um. And can I ask for their witnesses and testimony? Was it anything that surprised you, or that weren't wasn't true? Um, no, seems no. like the facts I mean, should be pretty straightforward, luckily, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they, they were, they were, and we won. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of, yeah, it's just kind of like a lot of smoke, you know, a lot of trying mm. to confuse things and, you know, it was it was this you know it was this hugely political thing and you know the one real great thing is is that we had um, the support of the Thai people like like wow. almost completely um, you know we had people people just showed us great great amounts of support and love and people helped us with things and they would help us translate things and you know, help us get documents we needed and appointments we needed with different, like, you know, government bodies. And yeah, I mean, that was, that was really our salvation is that, that the, the people really supported us. Did you feel confident from the, even though it was taking a year plus, did you feel confident? Like, we're going to win this. We'll, we'll get through this. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we we always felt that you know we'll get we'll get through this because you have to be positive in these types of situations. Um, 
But so I'll note that some of the news articles said that you maybe you were told or someone said that there was like a 10 percent chance of you winning this case. Yeah, I think that was one of the early articles. Um, <laughs> I don't. But you weren't worried I, then. You saw the 10 percent. You're like, no, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember that one, really. I mean, I think <laughs> I think that was I think that was one of the really, really early um interviews and I think they were talking with people like people that were analyzing the the law and there were there were different ways that we could go about um, um, getting parental rights um, and some people were saying that you there, you have to go like against the law like go you know say that the law isn't written the right way or it was really it was really technical <laughs> from a legal point of view. And there was a lot of debates, and we actually, even among um, our lawyers, were very confident of the route they were taking. Um, but there were we had we had other other lawyers that we had spoken to that were were weren't so sure that it was the right way to go. So, um, yeah, yeah. So so we were really um, the the there was all, there was all kinds of reports um, from both sides, and you know some of the media is controlled you know, or very slanted politically. So mm. sometimes the reports were, you know, more biased towards the government and supporting the government and saving face. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a bunch of craziness. You know, it was really, really a crazy situation. Wow. Uh, so tell us what it was like when you did finally get a ruling in your favor and were able to get a passport and head home. Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing because you know to answer your question before, like you know we did we didn't take anything for given. I mean, we knew we would figure it out, I guess, but we definitely with the court case we weren't counting on it one hundred percent. So yeah, so obviously we were ecstatic um, that they found um, in to give me that I was the 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 um, the parent of Carmen. Um, mm-hmm. And that we would be able to uh, fill out the passport and go home. I mean, and I was even—I think I went—I went to Thailand and picked them up, and we were—we had like talked to some press and then had a party, and then and mm-hmm. came back the same day. Um, oh wow! When we could finally leave, because I think one of the one of the judges that needed to sign the judgment went on vacation right after <laughs> the judgment was made. <laughs> so we actually, yeah, yeah. So we had to wait like another two or three weeks for that oh, person to come wow. back from vacation to sign it um, to actually, you know, go get the, get the final ruling. Um, like seriously, of <laughs> all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. And is Manuel recognized as a parent now? Did you have to go through another process? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what we did for, and our, all, our plan was always to legally adopt um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, for us, it's no different. We're both the parents. Um, but we definitely learned through this situation that the legal legal parentage is important. And parents do need to think about that um, yeah, with their, sure. ch- their children. And so we um, immediately started processes. After Alvaro, I adopted Alvaro and became his legal parent. And then Carmen, um, we did the adoption in the U.S., um, and it was it was right when um, gay marriage became legal. Thankfully, like we were doing a 
us. We were doing some sort of, I think it was a step parent adoption, or we were doing some other adoption that takes a long time in the U.S. and you know needs a needs an interview and needs like has all these different steps. But then, luckily, like while we were in the process, um, gay marriage was legalized, so it made the whole thing much easier. And it was just the you know we had a, a, a legal video call with a judge in I think it was in Miami. And yeah. and and Manuel legally adopted Carmen, and then we had that legalized here. And um, it wasn't an issue anymore that the surrogate. So the Thai ruling ruled that she wasn't a parent, so you didn't need like her permission. That's correct. With the U.S. process, got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it it, it, it extinguished her parental rights and, and gave me full parental rights. Yeah, nice. Um, I mean, there must be a lot of com complicated feelings because I'm sure you're incredibly grateful for her for helping you become parents to Carmen but to go through all of this where where do you guys stand on those feelings Um, yeah I mean I think any complicated feelings have completely disappeared (laughs) you know we're (laughs) right now we're just we're a normal family (laughs) well not normal I wouldn't say we're normal by any means but we're a beautiful (laughs) family and um, you know, we, um, oh God, I don't like how that sounded at all. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt here. Um, the, not a normal family that I meant we're eccentric. Yeah, and, we can go um, back and, and pull that out. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's okay. so yeah, so I don't think there, you know, there's really no hard feelings at all. Like right now we're just a normal, happy family. Um, and everything that happened to us, um, all the negative things that happened to us, I should say, um, we've left behind us. And, you know, for, for mm-hmm. Carmen's good, you know, it, yeah. um, we would, yeah. we want to go back to Thailand. We love Thailand. You know, we, yeah. we had, you know, a lot of very positive vibes from Thailand and the people and, and, you know, we would, we'd love at some point, um, you know, to make amends and, you know, it's it's gonna deal. It's gonna have to do a lot with what Carmen wants to do too. You know, I mean, it's it's her mm. it's her story and it's her situation and yeah. And, and we we but we are totally open um, to to whatever she wants to do. Well, given that everywhere you went to have a child by surrogacy, the law changed and outlawed surrogacy. Can I politely ask you not to come to the United States for a third child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or anywhere else for that matter? No, yeah. not no, you. No, we're, we're done. Two is, two is, Manuel would love to have another one. Um, oh. I I mean, did you feel love- a little bit like cursed that this happened to you twice? The law would change? No. No, I mean, we, you know, we were, we were, were, were careful in making our decisions, like in principle, both places, you know, it was really consolidated and it was, um, you know, it, there, nothing bad was supposed to happen, you know, and we're pretty lucky people. Like we don't, yeah. we don't really usually have a lot of bad luck. So <laughs> aside know? from these two situations, the law changing law, you know, bad luck hasn't been following you your whole lives. And no, therefore we no, should know. Not, not before and not after, you yeah. know, everything, you know, especially not now. I mean, they are the greatest kids on the face of the earth. I know every parent says that, but mm. I mean, they are two truly special kids, you know, completely different, um, yeah. but super adorable. They love each other to death. Um, yeah, they're amazing. 
Oh, Any I mean, like the fact you say siblings love each other that's that's a good thing like we 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 love that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean even even when when we were Carmen was a little baby like Alvaro was completely enamored with his little sister like we have some of the mm. cutest pictures of them him you know playing with her when she's just like you know just a little infant you know sitting there yeah. um yeah it's super they're super cute do you have any takeaways that you want to share with anyone or kind of messages of hope or otherwise that you'd want to let others know about before we close? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I just, if you, if you want to have a family, go for it. Um, you know, I think, I think I, I can't say that, you know, I feel like, you know, you obviously people are careful when they do this. Um, they 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 consider and weigh their decisions. Um, but you know, it's having a family is a, is a great thing, and the you know it it can be challenging. Even you know it can be really challenging, or it could just be challenging. <laughs> you know, and it's it's always you know there's so many stories on your guys' podcast um, of of how you just have to. You have to stick with it and be positive and, you know, it's really worth it in the end because, in, you know, in principle, everything should work out. In principle, it should always work out for you and, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll not be so challenging. Um, but in the end, it's worth it because those, those little, those little kiddos, um, you know, are the best of you and, and, and they're, they're totally worth any effort you have to go through. But just be prepared to live in another country for a year and a half of your life. <laughs> no, no, that's not. <laughs> I, no. I, I don't wish that on anyone. Hopefully you're the exception. Hopefully I'm right. the exception. That's correct. Well, you took it really well. And I, I mean, I love to hear that, you know, you're just happy to have this family and there's no kind of bitterness of everything you went through or negative feelings that you've kind of taken. So you, so you've been very, very positive about something no, that I think I mean, a lot of people would have a lot of anger about. Yeah, life is too short, um, and the past is in the past. So, well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Bud, for sharing your family's very dramatic story. I'm so impressed how calm you are. I know some years have passed, and just really have such a positive attitude and appreciative of your family despite everything you've gone through. Yeah, like the positive. I'm just like, how? it's amazing that you can be so positive. It, you know, sometimes I think so many of us like hang on to resentments for so long. And the fact that he didn't is just, it's beautiful to me. Like yeah. tear words, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so um, speaking of people who are amazing, uh, as always, right? And positive. And positive. Uh, we have an incredible team behind us. So as always, thank you to Amanda and to Tyler and to Chris at Workerbird Studios. And all of you, if you want to leave us positive remarks, uh, please do go to iTunes. Or neutral it. or whatever you're feeling. It's fine. Exactly. We like positive, but any anything you want to share, we appreciate. You can call us with positive, neutral, even negative thoughts um, at 303 303- Nine nine seven one nine zero three. But for now, we thank you just for being here with us, and we will uh, talk to you all next week. Bye.